Sorry, it's Oscar Wilde first. Uh, sorry, Chopin first, and then Oscar Wilde. So much wider, so much wider in its conception and in its, in its uh, oh, reality. I don't know how to put it. But you see, here when I compose, here when I create, I am able to reach out and to express so much more. And many people are helped by it. So my music is still very much. Uh, Alive, it is something more dynamic, more tremendous, with greater possibility too of expression. And many people play my music, many great musicians, and many people who are learning, who are beginning to know and understand music, are expressing my music. Sometimes they bring something of themselves to it, which is good. I don't want you to think, I would not like anyone to think uh, that because someone here may create, or someone on your side may create, that there cannot be people who can give something of themselves to it when they reconstruct it. It is the beauty of it. It is the great thing that when you create something, it is of yourself, of course, but it is something that you have taken from others, indirectly or directly. You are expressing life. You are expressing all sorts of other people and emotions and all sorts of things are in music, for instance. And it is interesting even for me to listen to someone else play my music and see what they put into it of themselves. Sometimes yes. it is a blending. It is like life here. It is as if we are individuals, of course. We are artists in our own creative sense and in our own way, but at the same time we are all part of the other. It is most extraordinary for me to be able to create something and then to hear someone else uh, reconstruct it or play it in their own yes, way. Yes, we can't play it in the same way. Every individual <coughs> interprets. Of course, that is what I mean. Yes. They bring their own interpretation to yes. it. That is what makes music exciting and interesting. Of course, it is natural. And that the artist, the person who creates something, will play it in the way in which it was intended. But it doesn't alter the fact that an individual can also bring an interpretation of their own, of which is interesting. Yes. It is wonderful because great music is like, well, great authors. Um, uh, I mean, for instance, uh, Shakespeare, he creates great characters for great plays. And a great artist can bring his own interpretation to it. And every artist has his own idea. It is interesting. That is why these works live. That is yes. why they go on and on and on, because everybody brings something to it and sometimes finds something new and fresh. Yes. You know, that is good. That oh. is why an artist here is happy when his works are played by other artists and he listens to the other person's interpretation. It may not be the original idea, perhaps. It may not always fit in with what you think of yourself, what you intended maybe always. And yet it is so that uh, each artist can create and bring something, if they are really artists, something that is very interesting and beautiful. You know, here I link up with many great souls, and I compose great works, great compositions, in which many people are involved, and everyone has a part, and everyone has something to give of themselves. So I write the score, you say. Yes. Other people bring themselves into it, but just usually I choose the people that I am thinking of in my music, and when I give it for them to reconstruct or to replay, you know. Yes. And it is interesting, because I, I put for them what it is they have to play, but they bring themselves into it, and it comes to life. Oh, I wish I could explain this to you. Yeah, but, uh, but great, um, great symphonies are conducted and created here. I have listened to works by Mozart and by all the great artists, uh, Beethoven and oh, so many, you know. Yeah. And um, oh, have you got here? And sometimes we have worked together, and all of us have played together. Sometimes yeah. we have created music together, and each one is creating something themselves from himself. And it is a tremendous uh, quality, it is a tremendous uh, work in itself. And others will 
will create and recreate us soon. He yes. is tremendous. Mm. Have you met Pozzoni? Oh, of course I have met, but he has what? been here a long time ago. She wanted to speak with you. Did not Pozzoni come to you? No. Oh, I have a feeling a long time ago I bring him. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, I must try to oh, one day then to bring him. And Amati, you have heard Amati. Who? Amati. And um, Amati. You know, he's a man who, who created the violin. Um, great artist. Shalivari. 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 No, Amati is being. Yes, I know. That is what I said to you. Yes. Oh, goodness me. I met Paganini. He is a great soul. Yes. People say he played like the very devil, but they should have said he played like a great angel. Okay. He was wonderful. No one could play. They said the devil because... No ah, just because they were afraid that they yes. could not understand. It was yes. something uncanny that what he could do with a violin. Oh, tremendous. Oh, yeah, he played the fiddle like no one has ever played the fiddle. Do you think it would be possible? Ah, you're going to ask me someone like that to come and play the fiddle here for you, huh? <laughs> that would be marvelous. Huh? Well, I don't know if that could be so. No. Right, now on to Oscar Wilde. I'm delighted to be here. That's so there. I'm not quite sure if you can hear me. Hear it quite well. Mm -hmm. doing nothing at the moment. I can't see how you can consider that like you're extremely well. I have never been known to say nothing. I couldn't say something valuable. And I'd much rather say nothing. This is most extraordinary. Then again, being dead is an extraordinary business. Especially when you're talking to people on earth who are supposed to be alive and are very much dull and dead and dead in consequence. Extraordinary business is it. Yes. Seems to have been a great deal of interest in My works, they said. Yeah.
this extraordinary method of communication. Why they cannot invent something more congenial, more suitable, more successful, this I can't imagine. I suppose one must be grateful for mediums. It's a pity that mediums have to be human beings, because they're so difficult, so complex. Take this medium, for instance. If you would see this medium, as I do from this side of life, you'd realize what we have to contend with. Fred, when we have you on the day? Why are you so concerned with my name? Surely what I say is far more important than my name. Yes, but you'd be surprised. My name got me into a great deal of trouble when I was on your side. Oh, my God. Yes, it's a very strange state for our people, you Anyway, friends, the very reason that you're through anyway. I'm sure you're much more pleased to have me through than I am to come. Oh? At least, perhaps to be more correct to say, that I'm quite happy to come. But I certainly wish that you were much more congenial in trying to converse, to pass through to you my thoughts through this particular method of communication, which may or may not be successful according to whatever way you happen to view it. But from my point of view, it's the most irritating business. Here am I trying to talk intelligently to you, and I find this fluctuating thing that I had to use makes it practically an impossibility. When one writes, Though one has the medium of the pen, there's nothing to bar you from clearly putting down on paper your thoughts. But when you have to use another human being to demonstrate that which you feel intensely within yourself, I find it extremely irritating because how can another person be responsible for that which I want to convey to you with clarity and intelligence. No individual can ever act as an instrument in a true sense. I remember way back, centuries ago, and I had no due respect. Very poor medium. Same applies here, using a medium to communicate with you from the side of life. It's like using an actor on your side to try and use that button to impersonate to give through, as it were, oneself, or that which one has written in the case of my plays. Oh, very confusing. Oh, you might as well know. My name is Wild. Oh, so much. Oh, I've read your books. Yes. How fortunate Absolutely. you are. I say how fortunate you are to have made my books. Yes, I have. Yes, of course. And I got some of your books. I had some of these. Not your books. 
Well, I suppose I should be highly flattered to know that you've read my books and well, you've actually I, got one or two, which means I rather suggest that you bought them, which is very nice to know. Not that I'm getting any of the royalties. No doubt you've gone to a very good library. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I must admit it's a relief to be asked to discuss one's life over here in preference to one's life when on earth, because in any case, my life when on earth is pretty well known among the gossip mongers. I would say to you that my life here is not un unlike my life on earth. You'd probably be very horrified. But it happens to be perfectly true. And I've no regrets about it whatsoever. I'm perfectly happy and perfectly contented. And I live a life of delicious sin. <laughs> but only as the world sees sin. Because as the world sees sin, it is no longer sin here to be human and to be natural. But on earth over here, one could be sinful because it is natural. But the world has strange ideas of sin. I live a natural, natural existence here, and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. I have my friendships, and I have my friends, because you can't have friendships without friends, obviously. Mm -hmm. What an extraordinary couple you are. Why? Well, I've heard about you, how you strive to reach people on your side, to enlighten them and to uplift them. But you think they're going to be any happier for that? Having seen so many people, I think they're much happier in their miseries and in their darkness than ever they are in light. You show illumination to a person, they start screaming like mad and run like mad to escape from the illumination. <laughs> I know. I'm being facetious. <laughs> then, of course, I do realize that there are many people in your world who could be helped by this truth. Because it is true, but at the same time, there are many to whom it might even be a bad thing. Look how happy some of them are with their saints. What a pity to tell me not, they'd be like children in the wilderness. Oh, I wouldn't say that. It gives them great happiness. Why take away something from a child that amuses it and keeps it quiet? After all, you want the child screaming because he's lost his toy. Yes, Knowledge comes with adult life, so they don't. That's why so many adults are like children. They haven't really grown at all, have they? What an extraordinary pair you are. <laughs> and I quite agree with you. I look upon, really, people like children by the knowledge. Express their knowledge. So many of those on your side who profess sedentary to know this knowledge, to know this truth, to know about communication, to know about life after death, so many of them seem to me rather like overgrown children. They haven't really benefited from it. Indeed, it seems to me that some would have been better without it. Yes, there is a point there. Some will be better for that. In the way you didn't use it. You know, you don't want to attack this subject as if you were some missionary going out into darkest Africa. You might end up in the cooking pot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have that one cooking pot. 
I'm quite sure you have, and I'm quite sure the people who stirred the cooking pot for you have been spiritualists. Yes. <laughs> You'd be much safer among the wildlife. Yes, I agree with you. These spiritualists, you know I've been to many of their so-called meetings and seances. You know, if it were not rather sad, it would be highly amusing. I've been to some of these seances, these meetings, and really, it's so, so pathetic. Mm -hmm. I've seen dear little old women in Bayswater standing up or waiting, or at least so they thought, thinking that no doubt they were being controlled by some great entity or soul from this side. Their imagination has run right in Bayswater. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes, I'm quite So much harm is done by these strange creatures. Why is it that the women of 60 turn to this sort of thing and become most extraordinary characters in consequence? They would have been much happier pushing a bassinet up Bayswater Road. Why they have no bassinet before? Possibly. Yes. They certainly haven't given them birth children, but they've given birth to some very weird creations purporting to come from our side of life. Yes. <laughs> Why should I tell you what I'm doing? Oh, we have an interest in your life. Actually, seriously, I'm still writing, and I'm still having my plays performed, and I am often called upon to go down into the dark spheres to help. Strange, no doubt you may think that I should be called to dark spheres to help. Possibly you might even interpret as well. Probably I'm more suitable to help people on dark spheres because I haven't progressed very much myself. But actually, I'm very much in tune with all people. My mind, I trust, gives me the entree even if my reputation does not. Oh, I don't know. I think you're not sure. My reputation does not worry me. But it seems to worry a hell of a lot of people on your side. Your books are very valuable in knowledge. More money has been made out of my reputation since my death than ever I was able to make out of my plays, which goes to say that sin it's very successful. My mind was always wide open. My mind was always very wide open, and as you say, above the average. Can you tell me what the average is and how open a mind should be? I was always ready to receive inspiration. Indeed, I might say that my most successful work were due to the fact that I had an open mind, and in consequence much that was poured through it of inspiration, uh, which was highly successful, and I feel sure that if it were not for the fact that I was high-minded, we wouldn't have had perhaps some of the successful works that I was able to perform. But of course all this is a matter of dispute among many people. One man's rat poison is another man's Meat. Oh, no, I think, 
Oh, well, don't take away our own personality, our own originality, my dear. Please, please. But um, I'm quite prepared to admit I was inspired. I was always an inspiring figure. In fact, now I've become almost all inspiring, possibly because I'm dead. <laughs> So many people, when on earth, were so serious that they couldn't fail to be utterly boring, and I refused to join such a gathering. Yes, please don't drop it, because it wouldn't be you if you were like that. This I do deliberately, uh, because there would always be people who say, how do we know that this was Oscar Wilde? And so I'm expected to come back very much the same, the same attitude towards life and towards people and to say the same sort of things that would be expected of me. So for your sake I do this because I know, poor dear, you're struggling so desperately hard to convince. And if I can assist you to convince, then I should be doing some good work that may wipe out some of my blots. Oh. Um, Mr. Wilde, yes. since you've been on the other side, have you, have you learned anything? Um, I'd be a much strange person if I hadn't learned something after being here so long. Mm -hmm. We all learn, whether we like it or not, whether we are apt pupils or not. We all learn, no matter how bad the teacher. Were you surprised when you found yourself? Nothing would ever surprise me. And certainly nothing could possibly surprise me in regard to God, because he was a person who was always doing those surprising things if one was to read all that one read in the Bible. In fact, he seemed such an extraordinary character that he became interesting in consequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, um, how actually did you find yourself in your past Can you sort of describe your actual past? Oh, I just died in the Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. But you must have found yourself somewhere in a garden or a room or... Why should I necessarily find myself in a garden? Or why, for that matter, should I necessarily find myself in the room? How embarrassing it would be to for instance, wake up and find that you were Lady Cynthia's boudoir at a very inconvenient moment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a natural thing, I suppose, to assume that if you're going on a long train journey somewhere, that your friends at the other end will be at the station to meet you. But I remember taking some extraordinary long journeys and having a worrisome trip in consequence and arriving in the middle of the night. No one there, no one with a brown, no one with anything. Just stuck there with one's, with one's luggage. Wondering whether to get to the nearest hotel or to get the train and go straight back. But of course, unfortunately, one can't get the train and come back to your side of life, or fortunately, whichever way you happen to look in. But actually, Dursley, I was met mm. by my mother. Yeah. And how did you find things there? Did you find much of that same thing on Earth, or did you find things vast differences? 
connaître une grande gueule de strange country, black fighting in Boston, Detroit. But the extraordinary and interesting thing is that the people will say situations may be different, the countries may be different, habits may be different, one's attitude towards life and everything may be different. The people, thank God, are the same. They still look the same. And they still are the same. And in consequence, one felt I met many, many people that I'd admired, and many that I didn't admire, and since I've learned to admire for different reasons, of course. And I've traveled a great deal into many places, many spheres, many countries, if you like to call them such, which in a sense they are. And there are no barriers, only barriers of oneself, within oneself, of one's own mind. The barriers between human relationships and peoples are within oneself. They are man-made, one learns to discard them. One learns gradually to avoid many of the people. When one has been here, even for a short time, one realizes how very we are all part of the other. We are all entwined and in tune. Though sometimes at first it seems that we're very much out of tune. We are all very much in tune and all very much of one mind and of one spirit. It's all very intriguing because all God's children eventually begin to merge, though they retain their individuality and separate personality. We all begin to merge until we are harmonious and in consequence we live in a condition of peace and quietitude and harmony where all of each could have his or her interests such as they may be. Some feel that he urged need to work in various ways, others do not. I prefer to continue to write because writing was to a great extent my life and I'm hoping to find suitable instrument on your side, if I can, whose mind will be sufficiently open that I might be able to transmit new plays, new works, new things of interest which will help humanity and enlighten humanity. But always remember that the best way to reach a man's heart is not is not through his stubborn. But to reach his heart is to realize that one must give to him something which is far removed from material things. Something of the mind and of the spirit, which will last through time itself. I feel that I could do a great deal, but I have yet to find a suitable instrument to do this work. On your side, of the you mean Victoria? Yes. Your pleasures and things like that, you got pleasure, don't you? Well, you like, you're still acting on it, you still have plays on that side, and I think oh, one still writes, right. one still mm -hmm. continues. Our world is, in some senses, as I've no doubt, you've heard the cinema to your earth, we have all the that you are even more beautiful. 
nature, as you know, nature exists here with the worser aspects or the more irritating aspects of nature are not non-existent to us. For instance, we don't have the pests such as flies, earwigs, and all the irritating things that nature concocts to annoy man. Those things seem to have disappeared fortunately. We seem to have all the beauty and the loveliness of nature without all the petty irritants. No more swatting flies. I used to know a woman once who used to love sitting all the afternoon in a chair with a swatter. And she had a swatting afternoon. I often wonder what she must be doing here without a swatter, without a flies to swat. Oh, a long time ago, things have changed. I live in London, I hardly recognize it. Thank God I lived before my time. Yes, it's just changed. You don't recognize all the terrific tall buildings that are going on. I don't recognize hardly anything of London. And I'm so happy that I came as I did, and I departed as I did. I don't want to live in your London today. What are your buildings like in your, on your side? The whole manner of buildings in which I live, they are all elegant, great beauty. Or towns or cities? Uh, yes, you could call them cities. They are cities in which untold thousands of people live and have their habitat, but so different and yet in some ways so like the old. But you don't have cars and things like that, do you? No, thank goodness we do not have those machines. Communicator is Rose, who was known as the London flower seller. <laughs> 